Hi, I'm Melanie Dodaro. I'm the author of the brand new book, The LinkedIn Code, and you're listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another edition of the Ab Guy podcast. I am your host, it's Paul Kemp, and this is a very special episode. Today, I am sitting outside an English pub uh, on Skype with my good friend Mike Michalowicz. Uh, he is uh, the author of The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, The Pumpkin Plan, The Pumpkin Plan, and Profit First. And you've got to go and check out his website. Uh, if you just Google Mike Michalowicz, it's one of the best websites I've ever been on. I was addicted to pressing your audio of your name, Mike, and I just <laughs> couldn't get off it and eventually after looping around three times I realized that I'd probably pressed it enough but uh, welcome to the the app guy podcast Mike it's so great to have I, you on the show I love it and and like I said earlier before we started this is I wish I was sitting outside that English pub with you right now um, it sounds it just sounds awesome I'm in a I'm at my actually my home office in the basement so nothing like what you're experiencing all right okay well I mean it's uh luckily it's not uh, drinking time otherwise we might get interrupted <laughs> by a few rowdies but uh, we'd love to uh, I mean just understand what got you into writing for entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs and uh, gave you the inspiration for your books yeah so i'm an entrepreneur myself um no more i'm now i'm a full-time author i mean albeit i I do have an investment in a couple businesses and and i do have some entrepreneurial endeavors going on i'm a full-time author what got me into it was i was a uh, an entrepreneur in the tech industry not doing apps i was uh doing the hardware side so i First, did uh, a company that was a network integrator. They call them managed services now. And then my second company was in computer crime investigation. And we helped um, facilitate some major murder trials here in the U.S. We did actually the Enron trial, which I'm sure you Yes. Heard. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot about that. Yeah. We, helped, we weren't the only forensics company in there. There was about five, four or five major investigating, investigative firms. And we happened to be one of them in that case. Um, and just through those years fell in love with not just entrepreneurship but kind of the the unspoken truths and the secrets and shortcuts that existed and uh, decided one day just I, I you know I had to devote myself to sharing this stuff um, the real kind of raw side of entrepreneurship but also um, kind of the, the the ways we can expand our business by breaking the the rules well I mean g- given that apps are completely disruptive and you know all the uh, industries and the things that we take for granted are being disrupted by the use of apps. Uh, are we living in a good time to you know break the rules and uh, be entrepreneurs that can actually go out and do do something different? You know, th- there was a uh, a commercial run by Apple um, a while back called the Crazy Ones, and in in world history and today too, it's always the rule breakers that get ahead. And in this commercial. They show Albert Einstein and how he's he's chan- uh, challenging many of the uh, scientific paradigms that exist at that point. They show Richard Branson and all the quote unquote crazy things he did, uh, and look at the successes brought about. And they show entrepreneur after entrepreneur, rule breaker after rule breaker, who are considered the crazy ones because they challenge the status quo, but they are the successful ones. So, 
nowadays, heck yeah, we have to break the rules. We we got to break them more than ever. And the beautiful thing is, as technology advances faster and faster, the opportunity to break the rules on a grand scale is presenting itself more and more. We just have to have the courage to take advantage of it. I, ironically, it's quite hard to break the rules when you're submitting an app to Apple. They're pretty ruthless with rejecting apps for the slightest uh, break breach of rules. <laughs> but uh... yeah, so yeah, and so the, and that's that's the normal paradigm. When we partner with a large established uh, venue, the advantage is the exposure, right? If if I have an app that hits on on Apple, well, I got every iPhone that exists. But I suspect there's somewhere out someone out there right now developing an app that says, you know, Apple will never pay, take this up and Android will never take it up. I got to develop something that will fit on, you know, one of the rule-breaking smartphones or will just be a, a PC or Mac-based app or, or, or something like that where they don't need to comply with what the big guys say. Now, the risk is the exposure won't be there, right? I mean, if I write something for, for Apple, um, I, the exposure's there, but I have to play it by the rules. If I break the rules... Um, I have the opportunity to stand out, but I won't have the opportunity to get in front of a lot of people. So the key I found is this, Paul. Pick a niche. Pick a very small, underserved category. Is it, you know, people that only wear cowboy boots when they wear shorts? Like, like you know, who is this really odd, unique group that's not being served now? Now develop an app for them that caters to them that they go crazy over. They won't care if it's on the Apple platform or, or otherwise, they'll just care that finally someone's speaking to them and caring for them. If you can get them to be raving fans, as they say, or rabid fans, even better, um, they may be able to carry you to the next level. So that's how you kind of do it. This is such great advice because I feel that so many people get carried away with the platform. I mean, it is just a platform after all, the Apple or Android uh, it still exposes you to the you know the same kinds of people, and what basically what you're saying is focus uh, narrow down on a niche because we are in a, a global distribution network for for apps and software. Uh, narrow that narrow that down, and then uh, focus you know on on um, the, the I guess the frontier the the very narrow niches, and that actually benefits us a lot more because those people will uh, do whatever it takes to to get our uh, software or app. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I found, Paul, is that um, if, if I ask someone, who's your target market, and they say everyone, that means no one. Meaning, if we try to go in and serve a large community, a broad community right from the get-go, we're watered down right from the get-go. Because large communities are already being served. Unless we have something that's so dramatically different that it gets noticed, then we're not going to get noticed. So instead, go for a market that's not being served at all. Anything produced for them will be remarkable. That's why we need to start there. Yeah, I do feel like we're reaching a mature uh, climate with the apps. And, you know, I, I think this is great advice because the it seems like on the app store, there's a lot of developers, I'm sure people listening to this, where they uh, look to copy success that's already happened in the marketplace. So my common example is the game Flappy Bird. I mean, you just look at the number of clones that that, that drove and uh, everyone was trying to copy the success that had already gone viral and, and, and had achieved, you know, global fame through this silly little game. And it just gave, gave me the impression that so many developers out there are trying to copy what is already successful. 
Yeah, that that's the most common thing. And I'll, I'll tell you from website design, just because I'm a customer of that, right? I, I need my website. Like you were talking about my website and, and what your experience was with it. Most of my competitors and, and how mostly how I ran my own businesses would be I would look at my competitors' websites and say, okay, let me pick the best parts of what they've done and that will now define my new website. Which if you think about it, it's absurd. It's just another Flappy Birds clone or whatever. It's just another copy of what already exists. So from the consumer's perspective, they're like, oh, here's this another website. This guy's no different than anyone else. And you know, now that I'm a full-time author, if you tr- if you visit a hundred random authors, business authors, websites, I bet you you won't be able to distinguish them except for their picture of themselves. Everything else is the same. So when I set up my website, and we need to do this when we set up any part of our business, the apps we develop, how we run our business. I looked at my competitors and said, how do I do what they're not doing? What are they missing? Um, how can I be radically different? That was part one. Part two is I need to still be absolutely consistent with who I am. So I can't develop a website that's representative of, of something that I'm not. It has to be consistent with who I am as a person. So it's an amplification of me. And it can't be what anyone else has ever done. And that's why I've never seen an author, you go to their website and their name, first of all, I have a horrible last name. No one can pronounce it, including myself. Um, that's how bad my last name is. So I said, how can I make that my advantage? Many authors will come up with pen names uh, and shorten their things, their names down so it's very pronounceable. I said, okay, well, what's the opposite of that? How do I make a unpronounceable name even more unpronounceable and more fun? Um, and then I did things with pictures and all these other things that other people don't do. That's how you break the rules. You do the opposite. Yeah, and I guess it can be quite scary, but I really like that, the fact that how can you be radically different and how can you be consistent with your own brand, your own personality. And we've had a lot of people on the show who have demonstrated that they've had success just by letting their personality get out there and not being afraid to to be themselves and be genuine and authentic. Um, So, Mike, we love talking about apps and uh, we, we must ask you, what apps do you carry on your phone? Do you have any apps you could recommend to us that you use in your business or your personal life? Yeah, so I um, I'm pretty lame when it comes to apps. So I'm just <laughs> I gotta pull up and <laughs> okay. see what I use. Like oh, so here's my favorite. It's called iSpy Analytics, um, by or by the company called the Optimization Agency. And what it does is it ties into Google Analytics, and I can get all my Google Analytics on my phone. I love that. So right. I, I have, yeah. So that's that's my big ones. Is that Android or or iPhone? iPhone. Right. Okay. iPhone. I spy analytics. I love that one. Um, I'm just looking through here. If there's that, any that's just, I've got to say that that's such a straight, I was actually looking to develop an app called I spy, but it was more of a kid's entertainment app and it looks like oh. the, the name's already gone. So, <laughs> well, there you go. Um, so this really isn't an app. It's just a plugin for my CRM, but I use Zoho CRM, which is, uh, I, I, this CRM blows my mind because it's, it's, well, it's not programmable. It's scriptable. Um, and so I know enough about scripting just to be dangerous enough. And you can highly customize this online CRM, and it ties into your your uh, your phone. Two other apps maybe you haven't heard of. One is called uh, Relax M or Relax Melodies. And uh, it's a sleep app. So it, it plays background white noise and stuff. I travel a lot at hotels, and you never know what you're going to hear. Um, <laughs> and trust me, sometimes you hear things you don't want to hear in the room right next to you. Um, so I found this Relaxed Melodies is great. And then the last app is uh, the 7-Minute Workout, 
also great for travelers. Um, if you don't think you have time to work out, you have no excuse now. There's a seven-minute workout app that's a super intense workout that you can get done in seven minutes in your hotel room. No weights or anything necessary. Well, so that's, that's probably the big three. And really, that, that a lot of those uh, I hadn't heard of. Relax M I, oh, actually cool. does sound... I did an app myself that was uh, the uh, sound of different uh, airplanes, and it was for newborn babies. So the mothers who are about to travel with their newborn kids, they could play them the sound of the Airbus A380 or the uh, Boeing <laughs> 747 prior to the flight with the, uh, you know, the, the understanding that if they've the kind of conditioned them to like the sound of the plane and they won't be so disruptive as they're on the oh, flight. Oh, that's smart. Yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the other thing we like to do on the App Guy podcast, we, we like, this is a different show. We're breaking the rules here. We're not going through your usual story. We wanted to um, ask some unique questions that you've never been probably yeah. asked before. So yeah. uh, in terms of breaking the rules and break, breaking the normal podcast recordings, uh, we, we tend to try, try to flesh out an idea from an, for an app from you. So either do you have an idea for an app or if not, can we talk about perhaps some pain points you're experiencing in your business, some things that are frustrating you uh, and um, we could try to see if the, there's potentially an app that could solve that, that pain point. Yeah, so uh, I do have an idea for an app, and I do have a pain point. Oh, so great. maybe I'll start. Okay. Maybe I'll start with the pain point. Is I want a canned or templated email system that I can do from my um, iPhone that will actually link into my email. So there's these canned response uh, emails, but they don't link into my email. I have to do a copy paste. But secondly, they don't work with variables. So I want to be able to. Someone emails me, says, "Hey, Mike, um, are we good to?" You know, for our meeting tomorrow, I want to be able to do an email response that says, hey, Paul, got your note. Yes, we're good for tomorrow. Or whatever my common questions are that I get that I can respond to in a templated format. I've yet to find one. Um, there's these cheesy canned responses, but I wish someone could just tie it into my email effectively. That's, that's what that, my that, that sounds like what a great idea. And, you know, for me personally, I use... Uh, Google Drive, which has just recently come out with Google Docs, the um, the new app that integrates uh, uh, Word or Google Docs with um, your iPhone, and I've got a load of canned uh, you know responses there for email, but it still is copy paste. Imagine, imagine having integration with Siri. You say, Siri, can you provide this response uh, to this template, but then put in you know Fred as the uh, as the name or whatever, and just let talk to your phone and then Siri would then you know or some some way of doing voice voice dictation to do that that kind of that'd response. be pretty badass I mean what I'd really like is on my iPhone I got the little mail icon right it's the uh, Apple mail I want to click on the that looping arrow that when you click on it says reply forward print I want one other menu option to be canned reply or templated reply in there um, maybe that's a big request maybe that can't be done but that's rule breaking if you can figure that hack out or work with Apple to get that happening. Yeah, well, you were speaking to a bunch of indie app developers, so I want to throw it out to the audience. If you can um, come up with that idea, then I'm sure you've got a customer already in, in the waiting. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that in a heartbeat. Now, here's the app I want. Um, so my new book that I'm coming out with is called Profit First. I need to get a Profit First calculator. Um, I Literally, just before our call, Paul, I had a call with a company that we're running numbers back and forth, and... Um, I wish I just had a calculator, and that's what I need to get this developed, where it's it's called Profit First. Uh, you go into the app, and you enter one key number. 
what's your current revenue, for example, and then it tells you, here's how much money you should be reserving for profit. Here's how much money you should be allocating toward tax responsibilities and different stuff like that. Uh, I have all the calculations. I just need someone to, to develop it for me. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, there you go. You, I mean, you're speaking to the audience who can help you on that. Uh, there, in terms of calculations, I remember doing one myself, which is um, for uh, these new uh, e electronic cigarettes, and it was calculating how long you've got to live, or I think it was how much money you can save by switching from smoking to electronic cigarettes through a calculation uh, on yeah. one of the apps. But uh, this sounds like it's... Um, you've got all the variables and it's just then putting that into a calculator on an app. So, Yeah, and then, so, so that's, that's like version one. Version two is cross-accountability. So basically, w this book is about how to maximize the profits in your business. But when you're accountable to another business owner or discussing your profits, both people elevate their game. It's like playing sports. Like if you play tennis against the wall versus tennis against another tennis player, when you're playing against another player, there's more competitive spirit. You both elevate your game as opposed to just playing, you know, with yourself, as they say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, so I would love anyone's listening in that's interested in developing the app. Email me, Mike at MikeMcCallowitz.com, and uh, yeah, who knows? Maybe we can partner up and, and do something together. Maybe it's a win-win here. Yeah, no, that, what a great idea. Game, it's almost like the gamification of uh, profits. And yes. You, yeah. Because we're seeing a lot of that in on the internet now, with uh, you know some very successful podcasters and bloggers and various people that are just being very transparent and putting their income and returns out there on the web, uh, so that other people can learn from them. Because the web has been almost like um, you know there's a lot of untrust that we we've come to learn about th through you know scams and various um, internet marketers. And yes, things. and so to to have profits out there almost the gamification of profits and uh, like uh, motivating you that way what a great what a great idea uh, for an app okay. uh, great um, well we're getting through the content here um, what what uh, you know just before we wrap it up I guess as we're getting towards the end of the podcast uh, what 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 what's the best advice you can give someone who is uh, thinking about making a change I mean you've been an entrepreneur now full-time author you've been very successful in what you've done it must have been hard to, to make those decisions to become an entrepreneur in the first place uh, just, just imagine that someone's listening who is uh, struggling with uh, maybe you know handing in a notice or making that change in their life what could you suggest to to that audience um, for m making the change you know there is a uh, a quote and I don't know who said it and I'm gonna bastardize it but but here's my own flavor of it at the end of our lives um, we are going to regret more the things we did not do than the things we did do. And I think so many of us stay in, in the job we're in or the, the path we're on currently because we're fearful of making a mistake. We're fearful of going to somewhere new and it doesn't work out. But at the end of the day, our regrets are going to be, I didn't give a shot. I didn't give it a shot. I didn't go for it. So realize that the short-term pain is in making change. That's the scary thing. The long-term consequence is the regret of never have done it, of doing it. So consider the long-term consequences of not doing something. And then the second thing is, I have a quote, it's above my desk, that says, uh, this was by a guy named Harold Thurman Whitman. He said, an African-American um, 
uh, gentleman, and he's uh, from, I think, the 1800s. I think he was an author, too. He said, uh, don't ask yourself what the world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive and then go do it because what the world needs is people who have come alive. So that's my that's my advice. It's someone else's <laughs> advice. But that's the advice I think best following. It's totally right. Uh, at least you're genuine enough to uh, you know credit that to someone else. But <laughs> Mike, Mike, there's um, uh, in terms of uh, how p- people can reach out to you, you've kindly given your email, and uh, I guess it's that and the website. There's the best places to learn about you and connect with you and and get your books. Yeah, please, please visit my website. It's MikeMichalowitz.com. I recognize that's near impossible to spell, uh, but I won't spell it for you. Give your best stab on Google at spelling that, and you will find me. <laughs> You're lucky you haven't been Google bombed or anything, you know. With oh, I know, I know. Um, so, so go there, and you'll find me um, on my website. Are all my books? You can get free chapter downloads and check them out. Uh, there's resources there. Uh, all for free on how to grow your business, videos, uh, blog, and and you can see all the funny ways that uh, people like to say my name too. <laughs> no, I, I was completely addicted to that. What a what a unique! I've never seen a website like it, and it's just it almost proves to me that you are uh, doing what you preach and you teach, and uh, in terms of breaking the rules and being consistent with who you are, because you sound like a, a just a lovely guy to talk to as well. Um, given that I'm outside a pub, it does feel like I'm. Uh, chatting to someone who I could take to the pub. So uh, <laughs> when you're in England, maybe we could uh, we could hook you up. You got a deal. I, I intend to be out there sometime within the next year. So uh, ex- expect a phone call, uh, a, a drunken phone call from me outside the <laughs> pub, and you'll, you'll join me for a pint. And, and profits first. They come. It comes out in July, doesn't it? So this is around yes. about the time when this podcast will be aired. So uh, it'll be something that I have on my list of things and uh, suggest that everyone uh, who's listening go and check it out. So. Uh, Mike, what a wonderful podcast chat with you. I could chat forever. You're welcome back anytime. And, Thanks, uh, brother. I will um, say goodbye and I hope to speak to you again soon. Sounds great. Thanks, Paul. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. If you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone, then please send an email to info at onemob.com. The App Guy Podcast 